The journey to become a ServiceNow developer can take a number of paths and result in a variety of destinations. In this episode, I'll talk to one of my closest friends and fellow ServiceNow co-worker about his adventures. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, the curious individuals that I say with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. In this episode, this time I've got the pleasure of talking to the one person who has co-hosted well over a thousand podcast episodes with me over the past 17 years. He's just finished up his run as co-host of Tech Now for the last seven years, and this is his first time on Breakpoint as a guest. Please welcome to the show, Craig Stepp, ServiceNow Senior Manager for Cloud Labs in the training department. How are you today, Craig? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here, finally. <laughs> finally. Well, <there's, laughs> it, it sounds like it's taken 17 years to get you on this show, but it I has. know, right? Well, in a sense, it has, I guess. <laughs> Everything leads to today, right? That's right. Everything does. Welcome to Breakpoint. And before we begin, I always like to get to know our guest. Well, obviously, we know each other pretty well after all these years, but tell yeah. the listener how they would know who you are. How would you know who I am? Well, what I do at, uh, at ServiceNow is that I... Uh, I manage Cloud Labs, um, which is the engine behind all of the, a lot of the events or even the virtual classes you make, well, that virtual or in-person uh, classes that we offer at ServiceNow. I do the the virtual inventory, uh, inventory in, uh, infrastructure for the classes. You get a machine that you're able to do the labs on. That's what I do is I provide the, the back-end uh, virtual machine so you can do those classes. This is one of my favorite drink your own champagne stories because we are using our platform to provision mm -hmm. all of these VMs in Azure or AWS for events, for training classes, and you run the app, you manage all the operations behind all of that. That's right. So That's I'll build like ServiceNow uh, version of Rome, for example, for a class or any of that kind of stuff. Um, we use... Uh, Cloud Labs, of course, is a ServiceNow instance that that does uh, the provisioning in the cloud environments. Uh, I actually use it for DNS, so you get these nice, easy-to-read DNS names to go along with the machines. Um, and there's a number of things. There's so a lot of it is custom code, but uh, we're using the platform, you know, really for the most part, a lot of the out-of-the-box stuff to to make it happen. So if it's all automated, what do we need you for? <laughs> Good point. All right. I'll see you later. Yeah. No. Um, what would you say you do at ServiceNow? Yeah. <laughs> well, I won't say it's automated. A lot of it's automated. You know, a class launches on time. Uh, it comes up. It provisions. It configures itself. That stuff. But there's a lot of stuff on the back end that you may not see. Uh, it could be anywhere from maybe we're having an outage somewhere uh, and we got to you know, mediate that or maybe a, an instructor's having a problem with a particular class. we got to help them with it. So there's a lot of day-to-day -day stuff included with it, not just uh, the automated part. And there's also the maintenance and upkeep of the application itself, right? Oh, yeah. Just like any other business, requirements change, organizations change, the mm -hmm. software has to keep up to date with that. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, we'll be 
we've, we've got a lot of workflows in the, in the sense of service. Now the old workflows, the GUI workflows, and we're going to be changing those over to flows because there's some activities, um, that we're using now, which were, which are probably right at end of life. So we need to move on to something else. That's that kind of thing. Uh, Installing new versions, as I mentioned earlier, of ServiceNow as they come up, uh, whether it be Quebec and then Rome or maybe patch versions of that. So, yes, there is a lot of changes um, coming. And I've got a, I've got a nice little list of projects <laughs> coming up in the next year. I was just going to ask you about the back-end infrastructure because I know this application has been around for eight Nine years? It was originally Knowledge Labs and became Cloud Labs, mm -hmm. but it's got, like you said, the classic workflows in there that are going to become flow designer flows, mm -hmm. which would also make me think you're going to change over the orchestration pieces to spokes and integration yes. hub. So mm -hmm. we've got some you know, new technologies that we can leverage to make the maintenance and management of that application much easier. Is there anything else that you're looking to change? I mean, are we talking about... Yeah. Um, some workspaces possibly, or what have you got there? Well, I can tell you, this is a, a little bit on the outside of ServiceNow, but it's kind of related. Um, one of the things I'm looking at is using Docker, you know, because we're, we can need to expand into other cloud environments. Right now, I, I primarily use I, uh, AWS. We also use Azure and um, Google Cloud Computing is on the horizon. So to support those different cloud environments, as well as our uh, internal data center. We have some instances there too, but then to utilize these other instances, as I mentioned, building a new version of Rome, I'd have to build it three times right now. So what I'm trying to do is change it to where uh, it's a Docker image and I can say, put it in this cloud, put it in this cloud. And then when I spin it up, it, I don't have to, I don't have to build, I mean, back up. So I don't have to build the image three times. I build it once and then I just put the mm -hmm. images up there and I can, you know, utilize them at that point. So Things like that. That's that's a big one uh, that I'm trying to get my my, my mind wrapped around uh, how to use Docker. All right, we we kind of dove into the technical stuff a little early, which is <laughs> what we well, tend yeah. to do sometimes. Let's back yeah. up and get to know Craig a little bit better. Like where you mm -hmm. live, growing up, your tell your backstory. Well, I I live in South Carolina. Um, I've pretty much lived here all my life. We lived in Texas a little bit when I was a kid. Uh, I live in Rock Hill, which is in the upper part of South Carolina. And again, I, I pretty much grew up here uh, for for most of my life. Um, I'm, I live here with my wife and my son. Well, my son's part-time because he's now going to school. So uh, he's living here part-time. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much me. Uh, I, I love it here in South Carolina. So I, I, I can go to the beach. I can go to the mountains. You know, it's both of them are pretty close. Uh, I love the mountains more than the beach. Just saying. Hobbies, interests? Oh, I've got um, lots of them. Uh, photography is a big one. Um, also, a big interest in uh, open source software, which I've been using Linux for 30 years now, or almost 30 years now, which, or maybe a little over 20, I should say. Well, I had my own ISP for a long time, and we had uh, some Windows servers, and they some of the things they didn't handle at the time resources very well. And maybe it was just because we didn't have the CPU and memory that we really needed. But a lot of the, especially mail, you know, at the time news groups, they would bog down those servers hard. And so, um, there was a point when I was like, well, I'm going to use Linux. So we started, I learned Linux and we ended up putting Linux servers in there. 
and I was just a huge fan after that. So yeah, I've been using Linux since around 98, I guess, or something like that. Um, so open source software, photography, and of course, podcasting, as you mentioned, we've been doing this for 17 years now, uh, doing our own show, Technorama. So if you want to go find it, go look there. <laughs> we also do the topic is Trek. That's another podcast. As you can probably tell, it's Star Trek related. We're doing that with our, our buddy Clinton and we've been doing that for a few years now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's some of my hobbies right there. I understand you recently got promoted as well. Yes. So um, I can't even remember my whole title before. It was senior software engineer, something uh, other. Now I'm just a senior manager of Cloud Labs. So, yes, I'm a manager now. Congratulations. Yeah, you know, it's just me and one other guy at the moment on my team. So I feel like uh, I'm still pretty much in the weeds with him doing things. So, uh, But we do have a new guy coming on. So our, our team's expanding. So I'll, I'll be a manager of a couple people. And then I can step back just a little bit. I still like getting my hands dirty. So I was... I, there was a part of me was a little reluctant to be a manager, but, uh, cause I don't want to be too hands off. I want to know, I want to have a hand in building things still. So I'll still that, do that a little bit, but, um, yeah, I got to step back just a, just a tad. Um, so that's a learning experience for me. So yes, I'm a manager now. And I want to rewind the clock a little bit. How did you mm -hmm. get your start in computers? <laughs> in computers? Way back, uh, I got in Commodore 64. No, uh, so... <laughs> well, no, yeah, that, got, that story. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, it started off with I had some friends that had computers, and uh, at the time, you know, early, late 70s, early 80s, uh, it was uh, something you didn't get to put your hands on too much, you know? I had a friend that had an Apple, um, like a two, or one of the early Apples, and uh, other friends had various weird, you know, 70s type computers like Sinclair 2000 or whatever it was. Um, but I eventually got a Commodore and my dad likes to tell everybody as soon as I, that was the last time they saw me for about uh, a day and a half after I got it. Cause I just went in there, hooked up the TV and I was just cranking away, trying to learn code, play games, just do whatever I could with it. But the Commodore was a, was a really a, a big start because I was able to start programming and learning how to program. Yeah, it was in basic. There was some assembly stuff and you start learning about how to, what happens when you peek and poke, you know, these different registers and make colors change and make sprites. And, and I started making games and that was a lot of fun. And it was a, a big building block, which I know I was using basic, but same time, a lot of that stuff, you know, stuck with me. And, um, some of the, maybe the techniques and stuff I used for loops kind of was a building block for programming in the future, which I still use a little bit today, I guess, a, a little bit, not basic pretty much, but. <laughs> <laughs> I have this image of little Craig coming out of his room a day and a half later, still in his Christmas morning pajamas, hair all disheveled, eyes <laughs> bloody red, and yeah. hey, dad, mom, I invented yeah. the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That's exactly right. So, um, once I'd had that for a few years and I had a lot of friends that had Commodores, of course, that was a big community for the, for Commodores. So it was easy to pick up stuff, whether, um, how to program this or how, a lot of exchange information, which bleeds into the next thing, which is, you know, when the internet started coming around and I was a network integrator, well, computer repair guy, network integrator, uh, then the internet came along and 
you know, kind of push that even further. Now the internet's connected. Your, your network you're integrating is now connected to everybody else's networks. Um, so, and then I ended up having my own ISP for a while. I was the, basically the sysadmin there. And that was a huge learning experience. Um, because we're having to deal with email, like I said, news groups, setting up websites. Oh, these people want front page extensions on their website. No, it's a Linux box. I got to figure out how to install that. Um, uh, networking, you know, I got concentrators and modems and all kinds of stuff. It was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. Um, but you know, it, it was great. It was great. I can't complain about it too much. And then, uh, I worked as a, a web developer at a law firm for about 14, 15 years. And that was great. And that's when I started getting into some major programming rather than just doing hardware stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a lot of PHP, which I still use today. Um, you know, doing a lot of open source stuff. As a matter of fact, when I started there, they were using cold fusion and I don't think, I don't even know if cold fusion is still around. I guess it is. It's like cobalt. It never dies. Yeah. It never quite dies. I think I did see an update somewhere. Um, but they were using Cold Fusion to to try and build out an intranet, this law firm. Mm-hmm. And to update Cold Fusion was like ten grand or it was expensive. So then um and there were some there were some cool things that Cold Fusion did for you automatically, like be, building out drop downs and stuff. But if you don't mind building that by hand a little bit, well, here's PHP and it's free. It's a server side scripting, um, perfect for the web. We installed Apache server. I started putting Linux bo- Linux boxes at the law firm, and we I, we did not upgrade Cold Fusion. I actually started building an intranet by hand, and we they used it for a long time. And as a matter of fact, not just the intranet. Once certain groups in the law firm realized, oh, we can we can build web apps to do specific things. Well, then I started getting in the business of building web apps for specific groups. Um, like the immigration group, they had an intake form for people outside that were trying to immigrate to the U S. Um, the big one was the new file request. So when the attorneys get a new client or a new matter, they have to go through conflicts and then make sure the conflicts group says that this is a great, this is, this matter's fine. You know, there's no conflicts. You're, 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 you're free and clear to, to navigate, uh, and, you know, take on this new matter. Uh, I built a web app for that and they used that for probably about 10 years. Matter of fact, I was told that, uh, it was like a year and a half after I left that they actually, um, replaced it. You know, So, uh, yeah, for it, about 10 to 12 years, they used that app and nice. it, it took from shuffling papers between the different buildings and offices that we were in to all of a sudden, no, you got digital paperwork. All they had to do was print the last thing and sign it off and, you know, then when they're done anyway. So, um, that's, that was huge. Uh, that was a big, huge one. I've wrote some other ones. You saw the value of digitizing processes way back. Yeah. Then. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the things which leads into service nail is some of the things I was building was the kind of thing that service now was there to solve and the latest digital workflows, you know? Uh, and I, I remember, once I got my head wrapped around ServiceNow, I looked at it and went, oh, man, I could have written that new file request in like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same thing. Like, Why did I yeah. spend years writing a ticketing system when it's all right yeah. there? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And it, 
Um, so that was, that was an eye opener, of course. <laughs> what does a typical workday look like for you? Typical workday. Uh, right now it's, um, you know, I meet with Eric, who I work with, uh, Eric Williams, and he's got, he's got certain projects I do. Uh, it's handling, uh, incidents as they come in and incidents being, you know, maybe making sure that the, a lab spun up properly. Sometimes they don't, you know, you have to fix that, have to work with a instructor or our curriculum developers, you know, that when they're building out classes. Um, so sometimes we'll work with them. It's hard to say it's really anything's typical other than I'm watching the queue. Uh, I've got projects with the curriculum developers. I've got projects with Eric. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain what a typical day is other than I get up, I walk my dogs, I drink some coffee, I sit down and start working. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where the typical ends right there. Well, let's, let's take a different angle on that. Um, what do you like best about your job? Well, just like I did with, uh, with, at the law firm, I was looking for a niche where I, f- I could plug myself in and be as useful as I could to everybody. And I know that's hard to do. But to make myself useful to more people in the firm, you go, okay, well, this guy, we need to keep this guy around. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I did here. I kept looking for an opportunity where I could plug myself in and make myself as useful as I could. And when, then, as you mentioned, it was Knowledge Labs, now it's Cloud Labs. When that came around and we started um, understanding the need for it, I was like, this is where I need to be. I've done web hosting, which is kind of what we do you know, for cloud labs. Um, I understand DNS, email, all that stuff. This is where I needed to be. So that said, I found that this, this is the place I needed to be. And I'm able to work with a lot of different people, a lot of different areas in ServiceNow and look at things that I normally wouldn't do. So a lot of the applications in ServiceNow, uh, I normally probably wouldn't touch, but when I'm working with curriculum developers or whatever, they're, I'm exposed to certain parts of ServiceNow that I'm, I may not um, have looked at before. So that said, that's what I like is the the diversity here, um, especially meeting all the oh, so many cool people at ServiceNow. Um, it's you know it's hard to to not enjoy it. So uh, the people and the diversity and the things I work on, I think, are what I love about it most. I like your approach because you had a diverse background you had not been introduced aside from our conversations for the few years before you started you had not been introduced to service now i think i gave you a demo or something a couple of times Mm -hmm. and i said craig you got to work for service now craig you got to work for service now right and uh then then you did you started in 2014 Mm mm-hmm but you didn't. You really didn't have a background of implementations and application development and whatnot. And I just wanted. That's kind of why I put that uh, title on the beginning of this podcast. Is that there's a variety of ways to become a ServiceNow developer. It's not the traditional computer science person, and then you know right. you go into the field and you get some stuff. You leveraged your background, your your experience with, like you said, DNS and Linux and software development in other languages and was able to translate that into ServiceNow fairly quickly. How has ServiceNow changed or transformed your career since joining? I'm going to say probably formalized it a little bit because uh, I had a boss at the old job, you know, of course, and he was a, he was a project manager. Uh, so he wasn't directly related to what I do. It wasn't like 
he's been a programmer. I'm a junior programmer. It wasn't like that. So mm-hmm. he was a project manager. Um, but coming here, uh, I know it sounds a little weird, but I never really had a, a boss like I do now. I got a manager and, um, we talk about things and, you know, uh, uh, well, I used to, and now I'm the manager, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we would arrange, okay, this is the projects I'm going to work on and I would go do them. Um, now it's a little more formal cause we got a chain of command. It goes all the way up, uh, that kind of thing. So maybe formalizing a little bit, like, does that make sense? I mean, I've kind of been my own boss to a large degree in my whole career. I mean, I've had people to answer to, but. Sounds like it's added some structure to your career, but has, has, <laughs> um, obviously you've gotten a promotion since you started here, which is yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a progression from being the implementation guy for this application and and care and maintenance and feeding to the person who oversees a staff of that. Mm-hmm. What's next for Craig in his career journey? Uh, I'm going to ascend to a higher plane and <laughs> exist as a pure energy being. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. We've seen that storyline before. <laughs> We've seen that a million, a million times. Um, that's a good question. I, I'm just getting settled in, in the manager role. So I'm trying to figure out what is next. Um, so I, I really don't have a, a path forward. I'm ready to talk about, but, um, yeah, right now it's, it's settling into being a manager. As I mentioned right now, I'm just a manager of one. He's doing a great job, but I'm kind of in the weeds with him. So well, um, let's play the what if game. What if somebody offered you, uh, a product manager? role in service now and said, Hey, Craig, you're pretty good at this whole integration orchestration thing. Do you want mm-hmm. to be on Jake Berman's team and, and help manage one of those products or spokes or flow designer, or uh, it, would a product manager opportunity interest you? Um, perhaps, but I'll, be, I'll tell you when you mention, when you, you're saying that, and I'm, I'm listening to you, um, as I mentioned earlier, diversity of the things I'm doing mm-hmm. is what I enjoy most. I have a, I can appreciate somebody focusing on one thing and being really good at that one thing. I mean, an engineer, you know, maybe there's somebody that's just a, a electrical engineer and that's what they know. Like my dad, he knows things. I can appreciate a focus, but I'd rather be diverse. So I don't know if I if that would be for me or not. Um, well, you're on the training team. What if somebody offered you a job, you know, somewhere else or higher up in the training organization at some point around um, the content that's being built or delivered, or maybe it's more general. How do we get the operational side of training working better with the operational side of mm -hmm. cloud labs? For example, I'm just, I, I make up roles because some of the roles that, you know, are going to present themselves in a few years don't exist right now. So it's hard to imagine yeah. what those could be. Oh, yeah. But, okay. Well, I think you've generalized it pretty well as staying a generalist, staying diverse, staying broad. But there's mm-hmm. also the aspect that I like to keep in mind when somebody asks me that, where do you plan to be in five years? Like, <laughs> I didn't know where, where I wanted to be three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's, and to be it, honest- there's, the, there's the happy side. There's the job satisfaction side that says, whatever I do, I want to enjoy doing it. I want to be motivated to get out of the bed mm-hmm. in morning. I want to be motivated to get out of the bed in the morning and and greet the world with a smiling face and do what I love and love what I do. 
If you can right. find me a position that does that, that aligns with my <laughs> talents and provides value yep. to the organization, then sign me up. Right. And I think I do have a little bit of career ADHD. What I mean by that is like at Cloud Labs, uh, I may get excited about this thing and kind of build it out. And then tomorrow, we'll have after that's done, I'm not saying I'll just jump <laughs> jump ship after that. But I would have another project I get excited about and do that. But uh, like I said, kind of pigeonholing myself into one focus. Well, again, I can appreciate somebody focusing on something and being the best at mm -hmm. that one thing. Mm -hmm. I like uh, diversity and whether as a, you can look at my hobbies, you know, f podcasting, open source, all that stuff. Uh, I like mixing it up. You have a very creative side to you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. With the photography, with the cartooning, with the, uh, there's, I firmly believe that software development has a creative side to it. Oh it, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it is much art as it is science. Well, when you talk about art, you know, sometimes you take influences from all kinds of places yep. and make something in itself. And that's what you do with software. I may have uh, been exposed to how somebody did this, how somebody did this. And I go, wait, if I put them all together, you know, so what I, I would totally say that that's, that's true is um, yeah, that's an art form in itself. What would you consider the highlight of your career going back over all of your various roles and programming assignments and accomplishments and Boy Scouts and what, what's the highlight of your career? Like my career. Oh my gosh. The highlight of my career, um, staying employed. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's a Craig answer. If there ever was one. <laughs> yes, right. Staying employed. I think, uh, as I was talking about that big web application that I wrote for the law firm, uh, since that was, that was a big impact and they used it for so long, even without modifications from me after I left, you know, um, that's probably one of my career highlights and pulling off running an ISP. I was, that was a challenge in itself because we didn't have a lot of money and we made it happen. Now things changed, you know, cable modems came around and we had trouble m moving on, but, uh, but we made it work. And I think that that was probably one of my, career lights is even coming to service now. Uh, and I know as, as cliche as that is because I work here, but, um, that was a game changer in itself. Uh, just the diversity of people and, uh, things that we do here, a little bit of traveling that we've done, uh, pre pre pandemic. Um, yeah, just meeting the diversity of people. It's amazing. So, um, I would certainly rank coming to service now high on that list. Wonderful. Finally, what words of advice do you have for any new developers that might be listening to this? Well, you know, growing up, uh, I say growing up as a career, uh, I always tried to keep a smile on my face and act like I knew what I was doing and belong, you know, and just makes things happen, even though I'd had no idea and I had to go look it up or figure it out. So you were a poser. Uh, I made it happen. So I don't know if I'm a poser, but... I always felt like that a little bit, a little bit of posture, uh, imposter syndrome, but... Fake it till you make it? <laughs> fake it till you make it. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. So, um, but don't be afraid to say you don't know something. You know, uh, being honest with yourself and saying, hey, I don't know this. Well, then that gives you a door to go figure it out or even ask other people. So, um, you know, and of course, just 
put your hands on, you know, and then start building something, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help or uh, admit that you don't know something. I totally agree with that. It's a, it, it's, I don't know that the answer to your question and mm-hmm. I'm going to find out and get you an answer by Friday or Monday mm-hmm. or this afternoon or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you follow it up and when you can do that, then you're the hero. Yeah. Especially when somebody, Hey, can you build this app that does this? Don't say sure. And then walk <laughs> off and have no idea. How to do it. That's for the sales team, right? The sales team always says yes. Yeah, that's what they, <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. So always be honest with yourself and admit when you don't know something and go figure it out. Good advice. Good advice. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Craig. And before we leave, can you let the listener know how they can get in touch with you? Oh, well, you can just search Twitter, Facebook, any of that stuff. I just searched for my name. It's Craig Stepp, K-R-E-G-S-T-E-P-P-E. Oh, LinkedIn. I'm on there too. Uh, You're welcome to add me. Um, You can... I, I guess it's okay to plug your own podcast, Chuck. Uh, so you can find us at, go search for Technorama Podcast uh, on Google, and you'll find us in multiple places wherever you get your podcast. And the topic is Trek, which um, we do that bi-weekly. You can find that. Just search for Topic is Trek. You'll find that. We do easy. have some ServiceNow listeners that are regulars on, on uh, both of those podcasts. So yeah, it's absolutely. rather interesting when we when we meet in person or or converse mm-hmm. online. It's like, wait, which context am I in? <laughs> well, we were. I think we were at Knowledge, and somebody said, hey, I've been listening to you and Chuck for a long time, and it took me a minute to realize, oh, he's talking about Technorama. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> People go, I listen to your podcast. like, which one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Should I apologize first? Yeah, just pay, pay attention that Craig's name does have an interesting spelling, K-R-E-G, last name is S-T-E-P-P-E, and that's pretty unique when you spell it that way, so you shouldn't have a problem searching them out on right. any of those social media sites or websites or whatever. Yeah, if you just put in Craig, you're going to find Craig Tools as well. <laughs> Interesting. Just like if you just search for Technorama, you'll get the Swiss Science Center. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which we've been that's to. Right. All right. Thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out all the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu, or you can go to servicenow.com slash podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and it will be automatically delivered to you as they come out, like that Wednesday that they come out. Automatically, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's only been around since 2004, but you may be just figuring this out for now, so congratulations. And again, thank you so much, Craig, for sharing with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. 101. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Please welcome to the show, Craig Steps. Oh, I almost had it. (laughs) We're going to edit that. Almost there. Please welcome to the show, Craig Stepp, ServiceNow Senior Management. What is wrong with your title? It doesn't roll off the tongue. All right. Thank you very much. Try that again. You know, when I'm, when I, well, I say what I, what I mean by that is I carry a bullwhip. Makes it up as he goes along.